Today's scripture snack is entitled, From Slaves to Sons. And our text is from Romans chapter 8, verse 15, which says this, The spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. My first question that kind of comes to mind here when I look at this text is this word fear here. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. And that makes me ask the question, what is the fear that's being talked about here in this text? Because it seems kind of vague. What exactly is the fear that's being talked about? What does the spirit of God set us free from? Because freedom implies that we need setting free from something. And it says that it's, it's this fear that the Spirit of Christ sets us free from. So what is the fear that's being talked about here? Well, I got three kind of ideas about what the text could be talking about. Um, it could be a fear of death, potentially. Uh, non-believers and believers alike both fear death to some extent, but the non-believer really fears death because all of his treasure is here on earth, whether he's here for 80 years or for 20. All of his treasure is here on earth, and he should be deathly scared of death because this is all he has. He has nothing to look forward to in, in eternity. That kind of leads into my second comment here on fear and what this word could potentially be referring to. It could be a fear of suffering. It could be a fear of suffering. That's why you try to make your life as comfortable as humanly possible if you're a non-believer. You try to live in the biggest mansion possible. You try to live in the safest city that you possibly can and, and run from suffering and you take as much medication as you can so you can avoid all suffering at all costs and you try to live as safe of a life as possible. That, that could be what this word fear is referring to. But this third fear in particular, I believe, is what the verse is talking about. And that's, that's a fear of the wrath of God. A fear of God just in general. Uh, an unhealthy fear of God. A fear of the judgment and the wrath and the punishment of God. I think that's what this verse is talking about. And I get this from the end of the verse because it says here that the spirit we received brings about our adoption to sonship brings about our adoption to sonship so that we don't have to live in this kind of um, arresting fear of the judgment of God ever again because we're sons of God now. We're no longer slaves of him who have to fear him like he's a, an unjust or wicked slave driver. We don't have to fear God in that manner. And Martin Luther also makes this distinction here. He talks about two types of fear he distinguishes between. Um, Namely, a servile fear and a filial fear. The servile fear that Martin Luther addresses here first is when you're servile and, you're, and, and you fear somebody in that way, you're scared of approaching that person. You don't even want to be in their presence because you are so petrified of them and what maybe even they think that you just don't even want to be in their presence in general. You're scared of their punishment. Uh, that's all you ever think about when you think about this person. You just don't want to be punished by them like, like God is that that oppressive slave driver, you don't think about his loving qualities whatsoever. You only think about his wrath and his punishment. It, it's a slavish fear of God. It's a misplaced fear of God, like we talked about earlier here, a wrongly placed fear of God that just focuses on 
us being slaves of him. And he is a wicked slave driver, so to speak. But Martin Luther also distinguishes servile fear from the second type of fear that he calls a filial fear or a family type of fear. The filial fear is like a fear that a son has for his father. He hates displeasing his father. He happily serves his father. And that type of fear is not a slavish fear. It's a sonish fear. You love pleasing your father. You love serving your father with a filial type of fear. And it's not an obsequious type of submission where you just could care less about the person that you're serving. No, 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 no. You willingly, wholeheartedly submit to the person that you're serving and you love the person that you are serving. That's what it means to fear God in a godly manner, in a filial type manner. And the type of fear of which the proverb says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This filial type of fear, that's when we start to encounter the true love and wisdom of God um, throughout Scripture. So if we approach God with this filial type of fear, he will reveal himself to us in matchless ways. And um, the Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says that you received this type of, this spirit from God, the Holy Spirit, you received so that you're not slaves anymore, so that you don't live in fear again, but rather you receive the Holy Spirit, which brings about our adoption to sonship. Brings about our adoption to sonship. We did not adopt ourselves into God's family. The Holy Spirit applied the redemptive salvation of Christ to us and brought us into his family through signing our adoption papers, if you will. The Holy Spirit is the one who applies God's salvation to our life, and he's the one that brings it about. So since we didn't bring it about, we can wholeheartedly thank him and wholeheartedly cry from the bottom of our hearts, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. That's why we don't have to fear God anymore in a servile sense because he truly is our father now. He's not our dictator. He's not our slave master. He is our father. And some have interpreted this word Abba, which is Aramaic for the word father, as perhaps daddy or papa or dada. And um, I don't know if I quite agree with those interpretations, but it definitely is a more filial way to address your father than you were than you would simply um, father it is a intimate type of address towards our father we get to address god in an intimate personal manner that uh, a person who is enchained to a serve a servile type of fear of god does not get to address god and he's just a slave driver but we call abba father that's how we view our heavenly father 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says this. It says, There is no fear in love. There is no fear in the love of God. There is no servile fear in the love of God. We've got nothing to fear. But perfect love drives out this type of servile fear. Now, why? Because fear has to do with punishment. Fear has to do with punishment. And we, as children of God, will never be punished by God whatsoever. He will only purify us. His condemnation or his wrath are not against us. He only does us good all the time, like Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says. Everything that befalls us is for our good, not for our punishment. It's only for our purification, not for our wrath or for our condemnation, but for our good and for our 
strengthening and, and purifying and for our sanctifying as believers. That's the type of purifying process that God puts believers through. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears in a servile way has not been made perfect in love. So our prayer should be, God, help me not to fear you in a servile way. Help me to fear you in a filial type of way. A love that graciously and gladly grabs a hold of you and your promises because you're a good father and I, I call you Abba. I refer to you in an intimate personal manner, just like Jesus Christ did. He referred to you as Abba when he prayed and cried out to you in the garden. God, give me that type of fear. Give me that type of love for you. Make me perfect in my love for you so that I can run wholeheartedly to you, not be scared of approaching you in your presence. So that's Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It's, it's a glorious text. Um, and a supplemental text to that, I would just add, is Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 or 7, which says something very similar. It says, because you are his sons namely children of God here. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you his heir. And one of the surest signs that we are children of God is that during times of trouble or even during times of blessing, the spirit, the new spirit that God has placed within us, and it now cries out to God. Whereas beforehand, all our spirits wanted to do was run from God. We did not have a Holy Spirit, but we had a fleshly spirit. We did not have a heart of flesh, but we had a heart of stone that hated God. Just like Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, they ran from God. They did not run to God. They did not cry out, Abba, Father, anymore. And God has to change that. God is the one who has to send his spirit of his son into our hearts so that we can rightly cry out Abba Father instead of running from him uh, like we are accustomed to when we are in our fleshly nature, not saved in old creations. So we are no longer a slave, but we are God's child. God has rescued us from his own wrath and from the clutches of Satan in one sense and from the clutches of our flesh and the clutches of the world in one sense and his wrath is now satisfied and we're not slaves of anything um, but we are children of God. Now with that being said we are slaves of God in the sense that we do serve him joyfully in that filial sense. And the Apostle Paul frequently refers to himself as a slave of God as he opens and closes his letters in the New Testament but it must be stated that we, we are a slave of God in a different manner than we were before, if that makes sense. We are children who delight in pleasing our Father and serving our Father. And that's the sense in which we are now joyful slaves who submit themselves to our benevolent um, Savior, namely Jesus Christ. And not only do we get to be in the presence of Christ as his slaves, but he's also made us his heirs. We are heirs of the hope of glory. We will be with him forever. We have treasure that cannot fade. We will celebrate with him in the new heavens and the new earth forever and ever and ever. And we will reign with Christ over this new creation that he will give to us. So that's just a, a point that sweetens the pot. Not only are we sons of God, but we are also heirs of God as well. And for all of that and for much more, God is worthy of our fear.